I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. What is going on, everyone? This is the Podcastianos presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar. Before or after the game at Comerica, stop in to Moots Pizza for a slice. You won't be disappointed. My name is Jordan Hall. And I'm joined, as always, by a man who leads baseball in co-host hot takes above replacement. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how are you tonight? Good. I, I'm glad I'm finally topping the sabermetric charts in these cate- important categories. The most important, I, one would say. Yeah. You know, got to bring it. You can't just agree, Paul. You, you gotta, we got to fight. That's what hot sports takes are about, fighting. Like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. You got to... Be a dork and really be annoying. And according to the according to their commercials, you have to like wake up early to train for your hot takes. Oh, that is not worth it. I'll pass. <laughs> so on last week's show, uh, you might remember this. We we talked about how there it's a scientific fact that a hot dog takes uh, fifteen minutes off your life. <laughs> well, in response right. to that, our buddy Jacob Scronitz sent us in this photo of a new creation of a hot dog running through the center of a burger. What are your thoughts on that? Apparently, that's a thing that that's happening in the streets. Well, I don't think that's too bad because that's two savory foods, right? They're two meats even. Yeah, I agree with that. And they're both like barbecue themed. Sure. But now, do you remember when we had, um, oh, shoot, I forget his name now. The Seawolves guy who came up with the hot dog in the shaped cotton candy. Oh, yeah. You remember that? I do. Ugh, it, was the, that one. it was the Yuri GM. What is his name? Uh, Greg oh. Coleman. Thank you, Greg Coleman. Yeah. Um, yeah. That seems I, we, we still need to get out there. I, ca- I kind of want to yeah, try yeah. that. Like, it, it makes me think like, oh, my gosh, that's just going to send me into a diabetic coma. But honestly, I kind of want to experience it once. Would you put ketchup on it? No, I don't put ketchup on anything. I'm, on hot dogs, I am just straight, like, just dog and bun. That's all I want. I'm stunned because you eat like a child and ketchup is a child food. Yeah, I'm not, not a big ketchup guy. But yeah, I'd love to go to Erie. I, I think I've probably said this a few times. I'd love to hit all the minor league stops and yeah. eat the trash food and just make a week out of it. It'd be so fun. We should do that next year. Absolutely. We tentatively plan in, what is this, September. Yeah, we'll do that next June. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to put stuff on the calendar and just, you know, full send. Definitely. Uh, so as you know, we're reaching the end of the year. About 90% of, of baseball games have been played. Figure we could play a little guessing game based on oh your knowledge of the American League. Uh, so. I watched the Tigers and, and that's about it. Uh, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to trap me in my ignorance, aren't you? Uh, not so much. Yeah, okay, that, that's not the goal it. here. Okay, so I have <laughs> the top 10 in AL position players wins above replacement. Oh, How many uh, can you get? There's a couple that are really interesting. Uh, if I get a few, I'll be, I'll be tickled. Uh, Otani. Uh, he, I, I didn't include him because, you know, his, you know, he, he does more than just be a position player. His, his war is, I, I didn't even look it up. I'm sure it's through. The okay. Movie. How about a guy like Mike judge? Aaron 
Judge, Aaron Judge. Is who you're Mike for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Not even their, <laughs> their Aaron combined Judge. war would be through the roof. And also the the musk muscles. Oh my gosh. It, his name isn't even Mike anymore. It's Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever okay. thought about rebranding? Giancarlo Wayne? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could pick a different name. It doesn't have to be Giancarlo. Jean-Eric. Jean-Luc. Like uh, Captain Picard. I think that would be a good choice. There you go. Definitely. Uh, So, uh, Judge. Is that one? Judge is is on the list. Number seven. Seven. Um, This is American League only? Yeah. Position players. American League position players. Um... Jeepers. I don't know. Uh one of the uh like Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is not the not on the list. He's he's actually missed a decent amount of time. Uh I'll just so run through them really quickly. One of the White is, Sox guys. I don't know. Nobody on the White Sox is in the top. Nobody. 10. Nobody, really? which is I think that's a how reflection about, on our division. Just how about trash. one of the Rays sluggers. What's his face? No. None. No. I'm trying to think of like the best teams and you know, who are, who's fueling them. If you wanted to go down the team route, Toronto is your best bet. Oh, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Number three. And, um, uh, the other Dingleberry they have, what's his name? No, I don't know. Uh, Marcus Simeon is the other Dingleberry you're looking for. He leads. What, what took me down this road Carlos Correa sits at number two. Yeah. In nice. the American League. We all know where this is going. Show us some money, Chris. I hope I know where this is going. Uh, the other one that I wanted to bring up because it's, it's noteworthy is Sal Perez is number 10. He's got like 30 home runs wow. this year. I mean, he's always been a very good player. Feels like this is kind of relatively coming out of, uh, of nowhere. And uh, Cedric Mullins from the Orioles is at 5.4, sixth best in the American League. Which I, I thought was really interesting. Mullins? Yeah. I, I love to see the, the new blood kind of like that come in, into baseball. It's it's just good to see. If Cedric Mullins walked into this room right now with a sign on him that said, I am Cedric Mullins, I would not know who he is. <laughs> I would It would require the sign for me to know who he is. But I'd be like, oh, Cedric Mullins. What's up, man? Yeah. So uh, thank you for exposing my ignorance about everything that's not the Tigers. There is no tiger on the top 10 list. Uh, who is the, who's leading our team in position player war? Candelario didn't look that up, but yeah, I would assume so. It's gotta be either, either him or scope. Rob, Robbie um, could be in that mix too. I can find that pretty quickly. I have the page up if you kill a second of time. All right. Uh, some interesting home run leaders. Oh, excuse me. I, I said Sal Perez had 30. He's got 42. 42 bombs. That's that's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot of bombs. That's a um, lot. And Brandon Lau has 33. I'm running out of filler stats. Yeah, and uh, let's... You'd think I'd know how to use a website, but no. It's um, all right. we'll, we'll cut all this. OPS Plus is Candelaria at 123, just edging out Robbie Grossman at 121. That's not war, but that gets you close. It's fairly close. You can get more from the two of us on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain. The show is at Podcastianos. And the show is on Facebook at Podcastianos. And always, uh, the Podcastianos is presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar, the Motor City's only authentic New York pizzeria, a staple in the Detroit pizza scene, among the best of the best that we have to offer here in the Motor City. Some of our favorites are the Uptown and the Bronx Pizza, the Bee Sting, which is my go-to, and, of course, the world-famous Garlic Knots. Uh, They have some killer cocktails that are well-priced and a great beer and wine selection that we both partook in heavily in each of our trips down there. Indeed. Go to Moots. It's good. Kidding. We we didn't we didn't indulge heavily in, in the alcohols. Uh, stop in with friends for a few pies or grab an authentic slice from the slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit mootspizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget that they offer two hours validated parking in the Z lot, which is the coolest parking structure I've ever seen. Uh, tell them that Jordan and Eric sent you. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast. Giannos. Uh, position player war update for the Tigers. Uh, Candelario, three games. Grossman, two and a half. 
Scope, who you guessed, 2.1. Haas, 2. Uh, and Badu, 1.4. There's only one other player contributing more than one game of war, and that is Jake Rogers, 1.2, and he missed some time. Poor That's Jake. That's it. We'll get to this later, but I feel so bad for Jake. Cabrera is offering you a 0.2 win above replacement. He's barely a replacement player. Despite I'm all a his. little surprised that that's positive. This is on baseball reference. Uh, so Eric, I don't know if you noticed this, but Tigers just took two of three uh, from the best team in the American League, which, I've, if I'm not mistaken, now makes us the linear number one seed in the AL playoffs. It should. I mean, this should count for something, shouldn't it? You know, uh, in minor league baseball, they have like first half and second half winners. Maybe we should. Maybe we should have that. You know, we've been good as of late. Uh, and I mentioned to you, if we porcello away the month of April, uh, we're pretty good, right? We had a we had a really bad April, uh, and I, I, I think porcelloing should be a verb, don't you? I agree. You you talk about porcelloing porcelloing away May. There's there is a what thirty one game stretch that we went seven and twenty four between April fourth and May seventh. If you porcello that stretch away, we are sixty one and fifty two on the year. Wow. It's good. That would be a lot better. Um do we need to explain to people what porcelloing means? Or is there enough institutional memory among tiger tigers people that that they know what this is? I'd say I'd say look it up if you don't know. <laughs> I'll explain it since Jordan is being lazy. And uh, also it would be extremely difficult to look up. Right. Rick Porcello it, it, in one of his early years had a atrocious atrocious. I added an H for no reason. I like it though. Uh, atrocious <laughs> game against the angels. And it screwed up all his, all his rate numbers. And so for that year, we constantly heard, if you take away that start, Porcello is da-da-da-da-da. And Porcelloing has kind of been shorthand for, you just get rid of the poor outlying thing. And it looks a lot nicer. It's funny and how that people, works. Yeah, funny how when you get rid of your worst things, it's you look better. Yeah. It's a nice memory I thought we could share together. Definitely. Um, so a bit of an exciting weekend, had the late homers on on Friday. And then obviously it was a big day for me on Sunday with my boy, Robbie, uh, walking us off in a way that only Robbie could. Yes. Um, it was, it was a great weekend. Did you enjoy it? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, just to be able to test yourself against the, the best team. I mean, you can see the Rays are good and how they win a lot of games. Um, but yeah, Grossman's walk off walk quintessential on brand move right there i love him i i i feel like i i came predisposed to love him because you know he was the first guy that we've signed for more than one year and forever and i kind of like the profile but he he's just the man i I really want us to extend him beyond next year um and i I don't know if that's smart or not but i don't care that's what it makes al look smart though for the two-year deal the rest of the signings maybe a little less so but that one that one was on the nose but yeah, I mean, Wilson, I mean, Ramos early in the year, he hit a lot of bombs. He was okay. He just, it just didn't work after a yeah, while. And he, he became such a liability behind the plate, which we kind of all thought was going to happen. It just happened yep. so much faster and more noticeable than I, I think any of us could have anticipated. But how about Haas and even Garneau? Those signings look brilliant. Willie Peralta came from nowhere. Yeah. Willie Peralta. Yeah, it's, well, it's mainly just Urania and uh, Tehran, which yeah. well, and Tehran got Tehran. hurt. You yeah. know, yeah, that's how Urania. Okay, you know what? Did what did you really? I, I poo pooed him from the start. I didn't think he was going to be that good. He gave you something, but didn't all he? in all, when you buy from a garage sale, half the things you buy work. This is how discount shopping goes. Yeah, and with with the the various Tommy Johns, I've, I imagine we're going to be doing a little bit more uh, yeah. garage sale shopping uh, this coming year. Um, but before before we move on from talking about how good it's been to be a Tigers fan lately, we have the AL leader in doubles and triples. Do you know who those are? It's got to be Jamer and Badu. 
Yep. We have a top hey, wait, five. Wait, 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 wait. Is yep. it too early to revisit my bold preseason prediction? I would say Do you never. remember this? I do not. What I think I called nine Badoo triples. Wow. And I think he's at eight. At eight. Yeah. I've been I've been watching it for that very reason because I called it. He needs one more and I'll be he's gonna, right he's gonna get that. Notes. He'll get that. Now, how brilliant will that make me on a scale from one to ten? I'd say pretty brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's honestly what I think is brilliant is that you can remember your predictions from six months ago <laughs> to now. Just that one, because he hit a, a few triples right off the bat, and I'm like, like oh, yeah. hot dog, here we go. <laughs> I'm the brains of the outfit right here. Right so we have a player uh, ranked fifth in the AL in hits, just total uh, hits. Uh, Candelario scope. Scope okay, and this one should be a little more obvious. We have this the number two in the AL in walks, Grossman. So we we I mean we don't have any lead. Uh, I take that back. We got two league leaders, a couple other guys that are up there on the charts. Just it's racking blended, up the stats. It's a blended skill set, the Detroit Tigers. Definitely, it's, I don't know. it's like, like the it's like the championship Pistons. Every yeah. you got to put a bunch of pieces together. Definitely. That maybe worked to slightly better effect than, than this season. But okay, maybe I'm exaggerated. <laughs> but I, I I do I do jest because we're we're in this nice a nice spot of like a combination of like anticipation for for better or worse, however we got here, like things are on the way up. Yeah. We can kind of sure. put put the bad taste behind us. You know, what happens from here on out goes a lot to signings and, and development or whatever. But we are at a place of of anticipation and we're actually finally starting to see a little bit of like it's starting to bear out and it's all of a sudden become interesting to watch tigers baseball over the last three months after what five years and i had initial trepidation about aj hinch with the cheating stuff or whatever but whenever i see a post-game interview whenever i see him talking he just kind of instills confidence in you because he does not sugarcoat anything, nor does he uh, exaggerate the despair. He's very factual, and he says it in a way that is calming in a, in a safe but in good way. I don't know if that makes any sense. Just his demeanor is very steady. Yeah. Very steady. And um, I could see players, especially today's modern players, really responding to that because they don't want BS. They don't want hogwash. They don't want some guy yelling in their face. That doesn't work anymore. They want somebody who's going to tell them the truth in a patient measured way and have a, a solid understanding of reality and where things are. And yeah, it, Hinch does that pretty well. At least to the media, he's kind of that perfect modern style communicator. Sure. Yep. Which, I mean, that we, we give Al a lot of crap. He's made he's made a lot of bonehead decisions over the last five years. He's he's brought in a, a lot of turd bags and, and whatnot. Hinch that that was the right call, and he's yeah. he should get credit for that as much as we give him crap about the the rest of the stuff. Yeah, and you know, Garden Hire was in Leland were kind of folksy, and Osmus <laughs> was kind of had occasional faux pas. Uh, Hinch is, is none of those things. He's Hinch just is what we thought we were getting with Osmus, I think. Yeah, probably. probably. Like I, I, Hinch does enough of the analytical stuff to make me think, yep, he has that mm-hmm. covered. I I, yep. I don't know exactly what he's doing it, but I trust that he's using that well. That's kind of what I thought we were going to get from, from Osmus. Instead, we just got a very good looking old school manager. And Do you buy into this theory or this conspiracy theory that Hinch is the shadow GM of the Tigers now already. And he's kind of calling the shots and has veto power and is making front office changes and is, is pulling the levers behind the curtain. I feel like you're being a, uh, that, that depiction is maybe a little more nefarious. I think he's just heavily involved in the process. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there are probably his fingerprints on a lot of things that have happened. Um, some of the reshuffling we talked about on last week's show, the, some of the yep. free agent signings, you know, or at least guys that we're, we're looking into. I don't necessarily think that he's like backhandedly, Machiavellianly out right. maneuvering Avila. I think he's just somebody that Avila actually looks to for input. And ipso facto, he ends up with input. Yeah. 
Also, I think I was assigned Machiavelli in school one time, and I never read it. Well, obviously, I, I think, nobody reads the read books the... they're assigned. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, think that's I, read, thin. I think I read the Wikipedia summary or something like that. I got what, what else is there? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fine. definitely. Um, so we we played very well despite sustaining uh, two and possibly three Tommy Johns. Turnbull Ooh. obviously is is kind of you know old news at this point. Jake Rogers has to have, or what? Did he have he it? He had his. Yes, he had. Yep. And it sounds like Boyd is. He's seeing the doctor that you might never want to see it. the doctor. Um, yep. Real tough break to lose the the veteran leadership. It, it makes me wonder what's what's the the end result for some of the youngsters. Like, you know, having a guy around like Matt Boyd, having a guy around like I mean Turnbull's not quite as old and established, but he seems to be somebody that is a steadying and positive influence on, on the younger guys it makes me wonder like it'll give them more opportunities but maybe have less of a shoulder to cry on whatever in the clubhouse i'm i'm less worried about veteran leadership and presence and mentoring i'm more concerned about innings and innings eaters next year because yeah. if turnbull and boyd are not options guess what we're getting the Urania Tehran garage sale types again next year. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that that's realistic too. Like I, I genuinely think he's going to try and go get a shortstop. I, and I, I don't know that that necessarily means that they're going to go all in and get the pitching we need to complement that shortstop yet. Yeah. Um, it, to me, shortstop is such a, a glaring hole that you can fill easily not you know we don't have any hot prospects at shortstop we have a good surrounding cast that could surround the shortstop it's we need a shortstop and you have money to buy the things that we need the money and, you've been saving for yes the last four years yeah we're like hopefully 20- they put it into bitcoin and now it's worth like five times more hopefully or pizza machines or something, but we're like 27th in payroll. Like get with the times you can, you can afford Korea and a good starting pitcher yet. And you still wouldn't be in the top seven or eight in payroll. Do you see any universe where that happens though? Uh, I could see him get Korea and Verlander. I would be fine with that. Uh, I know he's, I know he's are, old and coming off Tommy John, but he's in that Brady Ronaldo mode. Like I'm pretty convinced he's going to be effective until he's 45. He, he has kind of the body type and the, in the composition to do that. You know, the one person who's kind of poo pooing a return of Justin Verlander is Jim Leland. Hmm. I thought that was fascinating. He had an interview where he's like, you can't get too sentimental. Um, well, that's maybe true, Jim, but, the Illich family can get a little sentimental at some point. They can, but will they? Like, I don't necessarily see Chris as the sentimental type. Well, we shall see. I don't know. You know? Uh, that actually, that gives me pause. I feel like Leland would be someone that I actually would think what he's seen in the situation could be fairly predictive. Now, maybe that's posturing. That could be too. I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm guessing Jim Leland still has a lot of affection for Justin Verlander, but I don't know. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I still think they're going to, they're, they'll, they'll bring back Willie Peralta and shop back shop for two or three more, uh, sale pieces. Urania's. Yeah. But I mean, that's going to put some stress on Mize Manning Scooble. I yeah. Mean, I mean, they're going to have to turn into every fifth day starters, which I mean, they, they have been this year, but not, not in yeah, the but way there's been a, some of these, you know, three inning starts and so forth we've cobbled together a lot and gotten a lot of success out of some some pieces to make it work and it's stunning that we've had the levels of success that we've had with without boyd and without turnbull but maybe this this you know you brought up tyler alexander last week like he has stepped into this role maybe maybe this is a guy that we at least ride one more year um I mean, I, I still think that he's pitching above his of his, above his station right now. Sure. But who knows? We, we, we need some pieces. I, I, you're not going to run out Drew Hutchinson too many times. Hopefully not. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, the only other thing I wanted to touch on is Miggy's hit streak. So nine hits in a row. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So I was trying to put this into like, what would be a comparable hit streak as far as like impressiveness, like nine, that's fairly common. Like nine at bats in a row to get a hit is, is pretty good. Um, you think 18 is comparable? 18. I mean, what do you like an 18 you game hit streak? Game hit streak. Yeah, like what's yeah. comparable? Yeah. The thing is, with a nine at bat in a row, I mean, you're always getting hit by a pitch or walking. You don't see anything to hit, or you know, there's always somebody makes a big good play. There's always like goofy stuff that happens. So just have that clockwork nine times in a row. Hit, 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 hit. I mean, that that was kind of special. Yeah, I think definitely. it. I think it represents maybe more than an eighteen game hit streak. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was just curious. I, I was trying to put it into context as I was preparing for this. Like, it, it's extremely impressive, especially for a guy who, you know, some people think is past his expiration date. I don't think it's as impressive as Tyler Alexander's nine consecutive batters struck out. No, I, I would, I would agree with that too. Which. I just thought of because we just talked about Tyler Alexander. I mean, that's even more special to me, just mowing down AL three record. innings in a row. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But Time Cabrera, I mean, all of a sudden, it seemed like, oh, I, I need hits now? Okay. and <laughs> That is exactly, I didn't think about it. That's exactly what it's like. Like, I right, forget the home runs. We did that one. Yeah. Now let's move okay, on. Okay, we got that out of the way. Now I'm going to, you know, hit it right back up the middle every time. And with the with an open stance like he has maybe that's the ticket for him for the next he he says he wants to play two more years um okay you don't want to be a a slap hitter but if you can if you can think up the middle and just just hit the ball i mean that'll play kid for a while yeah, definitely yeah i've long thought that he was going to age gracefully because his hit tool was the number one thing right. that he had it hasn't really you know gone down that way but he could go into that kind of like edgar martinez type role pretty easily i would think right you know i think there was some pressure on him to be more like big poppy and hit hit bombs all the time well i don't know i don't know if the bat speed is there yeah i definitely don't think the bat speed i, I think that's maybe what he's been trying to do and it hasn't been successful yeah. until until semi recently. Uh, so but even when, his he, home runs lately have all been opposite field. I mean, he's not. Yeah, that's when he's at er, his best for sure. For sure. Remember early in the year, I mean, it was like the third or fourth game. He he just turned on one and jacked it and pulled it. And we said, "Oh wow, that's really unique because that's like old Mickey." And you haven't seen any many of those. We might I can't not think of any. again, unfortunately. Um, so after he hit the, the, the milestone home run, we, we then looked to hits. And at that point we poo pooed like, no, there's no chance he's going to get it this year. He's pulled to only needing 25 over 18 games. I, I still don't think he's going to, but he's made it a lot closer than we thought at the time. I think it was Dave Hogue who was running some numbers there. Somebody on Twitter was in the odds of him do uh, succeeding, like doubled it with the hit streak. It went from like six percent to twelve percent or something like that that his chances of getting it this year improved but it's still that's a that's a tough sled to pull to try to i'm not sure what i'm more impressed by the the nine hit in a row streak or figuring out the math to know how what his probability of getting there is that's really sure they i'm sure they use excel they're not yeah they're not doing it on a piece of paper that's that that is very true Uh, computers he's finishing the season strong uh he is uh let's see where um over the last two weeks 424 average and an ops over one it's it's very nostalgic to see mickey be mickey again i know you know play it'll it is what it is it'll last how it'll last but it takes me back to my formative years when mickey's doing those things it's nice under over mickey plays another season and a half over i i think he i think he finishes the two years i think he does exactly what he said in i mean it was a fairly recent interview we said that right yeah yeah Yeah. but i mean do you think the tigers have that amount of patience with him you don't think if he's struggling and 
2023, they don't Pujols him? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they either have the guts nor the financial. Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Willingness to just straight up swallow that. I, I mean, they're going to put a statue of the guy yeah. in the outfield. And you don't really want to sour that relationship yeah you don't, you want, don't the last want to kill the dfa yeah. yeah yeah then he's just gonna come back and sell weed <laughs> maybe <laughs> weed all right let's, let's move <laughs> let's move on to your power rankings okay i don't know if you've noticed this weed but bit football bit. is back have football. noticed have you noticed and i'm not talking about your wussy grass fairy english football i'm Excuse talking about you. Man, I'm talking about man football. Wait, you, you know, prefer man. American football to European football? All I know is that you're a wuss uh, for some I'm, reason. I'm, I'm actually very surprised. I would have pictured you as less keen on, on American football. Yeah, you know, a lot of testosterone and grunting. You know, I, you got to buy into the male archetype here. Okay, I will. I will buy in with you. Thank you. Yeah, it's football season. Everybody should be happy. My oh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their game. And I, I think they're going to win several game. games this year. They are good. They are really good. <laughs> they are really good. Uh, their entire offense is back. So anyway, uh, I'm getting off track. Uh, I like to watch the American football occasionally. And um, I have some preferences about what plays are good and what oh, plays. Okay, are. that'll be fun. So right. I have for you. The top and bottom offensive football plays. Okay. Okay. So, no. Starting at number seven, I have the bootleg. I love when the quarterback gets the ball and everybody kind of goes, and they're like, "Nope, just kidding." And the quarterback, the the naked bootleg is especially saucy. <laughs> you gotta lo- love me some naked bootleg. And you know that quarterback's just out there like, "Ha, fooled you!" And then he's trying to hit the guy. And it's a fun play. I like the bootleg. I'll tell you what, the, the the interestingness of bootlegs has gone down significantly in recent years when quarterbacks have become athletic. Like, yeah. give me Peyton Manning running out there. That <laughs> right. is entirely more fun to yeah. watch. But Vinny yes. Testaverde on a bootleg. <laughs> uh, or Trent Dilfer Trent is Dilfer. a little different than having, uh, what's the Cardinals guy? Uh, uh, Kyler or, Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Or Dak Prescott or somebody like that who's phenomenal athlete. athletes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, number six is an amazing play simply for the novelty of it, and that is the flea flicker. Whenever you see a flea flicker, you yell at your TV, flea flicker, <laughs> because it's it's something unique and fun. You see that little, oh, you know, you go nuts when the running back flips it back. And it's almost secondary if it works or not. Yeah, who cares at that point? It's yeah. a flea flicker, and that the fun has been had. It, <laughs> the fun is already already begun with the flea flicker. It's number We're six. Just such hardcore football fans. Yeah. Who cares if it works? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number five is kind of the opposite of the flea flicker, but it's it's less showy and more effective, and that is these pick plays that they're running. 
where the wide receivers just kind of one of the wide receivers kind of goes out and the other one runs past him. I'm gesturing with my hands as I'm talking. It's it's an but, accurate gesture for those listening yeah, at home. But it seems to work like all the time. Now, it's against the rules to intentionally set a pick. But, you know, teams are doing this all the time with these, like, crossing routes and like stuff. Wink, wink, nod, nod against the rules. Yeah. yeah. Also, how is that the exact opposite of a flea flicker? Well, it's less showy and more oh, Okay, all right. In that and regard. And a flea I... flicker is okay. all show and eh, effectiveness. Okay, I follow you. That's, that's what I was getting at. Uh, so that's number five. Number four, to me, is a very effective play, and I love when this happens, is the play-action pass. So you're faking the run. And this seems to work so often. You know, teams are passing sometimes like 80% of the time. And yet the, the, the play action seems to work every time. I think it's because in high school, they announce your name over the loudspeaker when you get a tackle. So all the linebackers just want to hear their name. So Makes they go sense. try to tackle the guy. Feels like that would be me. This is it's an amateur philosophizing. Everybody wants to, everybody's a narcissist. It's fine. Uh, number, number it's three, fine. number three, uh, these can be a train wreck, but when they work, I find them especially satisfying. And that is the screen pass. I love me a nice screen pass because the guy will drop back and I'll see the offensive lineman kind of meander up and I'll yell at my TV, screen pass, screen pass. And if the running back, the quarterback always throws it at the running back's feet on a screen pass for some reason. Yeah, he can throw it accurately 60 yards down yeah. the field. But in the flats, <laughs> nope, no chance. The running back's going to pick it off his shoe tops while he's getting, you know, pummeled by a 265-pound linebacker. You do a but, lot of yelling at your TV. Oh, I do. I do. I, I Football creates the most verbal explosions. You got you to gotta talk to it. You got to talk to the TV. Better front than back explosions. Some, yeah, sometimes both if you're eating chili or something. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so screen pass number three. Number two uh, is the field goal attempt. I, I okay. love I love the drama of building up to the field goal. You know, the guy's taking the steps back. He's taking the two steps over. Is the snap going to be good? A lot, of, a lot of drama with a field goal attempt. All right, sure. I don't know. I like I think that. you're on your own with that one. Okay, fine. Number one is one of my most favorite plays because it seems to work like all the time and it's underdone. And that is the quick slant pass. Oh, that's disappointing. I thought you were going to go somewhere far more interesting. I am. I'm a big slant guy though. I'm Madden just slants all day. I love the slant. They should be running this all the time because even if it doesn't work, it's so quick that it's, almost you can't intercept it and these quarterbacks throw so accurately the wide receiver just needs to kind of turn his shoulder and it's boom right there this one and then if the guy doesn't make the initial tackle boom you're you're gone to the crib yeah boy that was a little mad in there boom boom yeah anyway no no hook and ladder i'm shocked (sighs) if you're running a hook and ladder something's gone wrong oh for sure no doubt about that but I feel like that might be the most like visually appealing play. Stimulating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I didn't even let you guess, but Quicksland is number one. I wouldn't have guessed Quicksland, so you're safe. Yeah, okay. Uh, the three worst. The third from the worst to me is the is the reverse. Like the wide receiver reverse. You give it to the running back, the wide receiver runs behind. To me, this never seems to work. Whenever I see, oh, reverse, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, this isn't going to go good because you got to go back so far. Seems bad, the reverse. All right. On the same theme, my second least favorite play is like the the running back sweep slash pitch. You know, okay. you get the one running back kind of running wide and you, and you pitch it to him. In the NFL, the guys are too fast. That's nothing true. good. Nothing good happens. You, you're going to drop the ball on the pitch. And then the guy scoops it and goes six or you're forced out wide. It never, it never seems to work to me, the pitch. Yeah, I agree. Number one, worst play is what? Uh, Running back up the middle. No, it's too obvious. It's the punt. 
You know what the NFL needs is a sabermetric revolution. Stop punting so much. You don't need to punt so much. You got to go for it more. So John Boys at um, SB Nation, he does all these stupid, silly videos all the time. You know, he did a whole video on like the the the, the how teams punt too much. An exciting thing: there's a new coach at Presbyterian College. And this is the guy that they got from like Texas high school football. And his claim to fame is he never punts. He never punts. It's just kind of like how in the, in major league baseball, there was too much stealing and too much bunting. And how long didn't it take them to get it right? That you should not do this as much. What does the NFL coaches need to do? to learn that they're punting way too much. The science says it, the numbers say it, it's a cultural thing. And coaches are so conservative, but in the aggregate, you got to take the chance, stop punting, stop punting. That's it, that's power rank. So have you heard, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell does a bit on on punting too. Basically, he, he thinks that it's kind of the the, the group think, like nobody would rather, yeah. nobody, yes. they would rather lose being kind of with right. the crowd than uh you know potentially like if if three or four coaches started being that way like maybe yeah. that would yeah it's, it's so super interesting why is this broken apart in baseball a little bit because you see shifts you see using your closer and uh using your closer on the road um in different you know a relief ace you're starting to see the old trope and conservative things of old school managers kind of disintegrate now. So why isn't this happening in the NFL? Is it just too too much pressure, too much cultural inertia? And I don't know if this is actually true, but it feels like maybe here a bit more of testosterone type league. Maybe it's just going to take a little bit more to get through the hard headedness. More I, I don't bronze know. and not enough brains. Is that what you're saying? There's smart people in football. There are. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's like a team like question. the. That why aren't like crappy teams like the Rays once were or the A's once were? If you're the Detroit Lions, I hate to say it, why aren't you trying some of this stuff? What Two do you very have to apt lose? Examples considering where they are now. Yeah, try some stuff. It's fine. Fans yeah. would love it. In baseball, sometimes fans would get ornery about it, but in football, fans would love it. Yeah. Go it'll, for it. It'll be out. interesting to see what happens with Presbyterian. Like if that if it catches on, like it could. Now Presbyterian, I don't know if they're going to play anybody, but it, it, it's fun to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so nothing really interesting on the side of the road uh, this week, but I did see something while driving. Um, so <laughs> it was a you know how the like the old timey bikes that have like the super big wheel. You know what I'm talking about? The penny, are they penny farthings or what are they? Something like that. They're called. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there was a fella on one of those that had like a couple like standard bike uh, bodies like stacked on top of each other. And he was probably, I don't know, 15 feet above the road as he was driving this thing down one of the very main roads in South Bend. Like, oh, that's not something I've ever seen before. So you live in some kind of circus. Uh, sometimes it feels like that. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. But so it wasn't just the big wheeled bicycle. It was no, there was like added on top of it, which it felt excessive. I mean, all no. of it seems superfluous, but a bit excessive. Was this person practicing a, a cool stunt, or were they using this as transportation? It looked like train. I mean, he, it looked like just pure transportation. I I can't. Wow. You know, I drove by him, and that was the end of our, you know, exchange. Yeah, but yeah. As far as I can tell. College, college town life, I guess. You see wacky stuff. <laughs> so, so anyway, that that's it. Let's move on to. Was there um, some okay. kind of circus music playing, or like a monkey turning a crank on an organ, or something like that? that? Awesome. Yeah, he he needs to like been part of 90 style boombox that over his shoulder. Something to to really enhance the mood of his of his trick. Anyway, all right. Uh, have we covered the bicycle man? Oh, that is way more mileage than I was expecting to get out of the bike bicycle story. You can't let it go too fast. I mean, that's that's a feat. Um, okay, we have Twitter. Are we moving to Twitter questions? Twitter questions. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. Okay, David 
Novoshevsky. Novoshevsky. Sure. It's David Polish. Last name asks, <laughs> how is Jordan sleeping with the cognitive dissonance created by having to support United's new striker? <laughs> you have to explain that, this to our friends. Um, so United just re-signed Cristiano Ronaldo, who has a... Do you mean Manchester United? Yeah, what did please? I say? You said just United. And oh, yeah, Man United. Newcastle just United is the real United. It is a United. Um, just re-signed Cristiano Ronaldo, who has... Um, a checkered past with um, allegations uh, of sexual misconduct. I believe it's actually here in America somewhere. Um, And David's right. Like it is a very, I don't believe that I've personally had to like kind of wrestle with this of a player on my, on any of my teams. Um, It is something that I've, I've thought a lot about. Like, I I don't know, like it makes the way I look at the team and, and certainly him, um, as being part of the team a little bit differently. Like I, I'm still tr- kind of trying to figure out how to wrestle with that. If you're a Dodgers fan, do you want Trevor Bauer back? I wouldn't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is hard to root for. And the thing with, with Ronaldo is like, I, maybe it's just me. I haven't done my research, but the, the coverage on it has been so light that it's not like there's a ton of facts like hitting you in the face. Like you have to seek out sure. the story, and that's probably just me not doing my my research proper. Um, but yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. The, it's the depth of the the situation or the intensity of the situation can, you know, I think Kobe Bryant, you know, largely got a pass after some initial controversy, and now you he's know, basically and, a saint. Yeah, yeah, and none of us really wants to research allegations like that that's not the fun part of sports and i'm not reading that stuff to try to uh, it just seems like a lot yeah i mean if you had given me the option to i don't know i was gonna say the option to sign him or not sign him i'm not sure where i'd come down but like he is guaranteed goals and i enjoy watching my team like he's wearing a red jersey now is he not it's really hard to to wrap my mind around that like uh, around all of it. I, I don't pretend to have some sort of moral authority. Like, you know, if, if you want to, if you can get behind rooting for somebody like that, that's completely fine. If you can't, that's, that's completely fine too. I'm currently somewhere in the middle. Yep. Hopefully by the end of the year, maybe I'll figure so, it David, out. So David, to answer your question, George is sleeping poorly. He can hardly sleep. <laughs> let's not, let's not get carried away now. Right. <laughs> ben Decker at BDEC2112 asks, what percent chance that Miggy gets to 3,000 hits by the end of the season. I'm going to say 9%. I'm going to say 12, because that was the stat you gave me earlier. <laughs> that was a couple of games ago, so maybe it's been recalibrated. Oh, yeah. Anyway, a, it's 11 and it's a half low. now. It's low, Ben. Low. Jesse Tomlinson at Jesse Thomason asks, on a scale from St. Louis to Philadelphia, how does Tiger fan attitude rank? Uh, so is St. Louis good and Philadelphia bad? Is that so the... I think that's what he's going for. I feel like St. Louis or St. Louis is like the best fans. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the, the best smartest fans in fans. baseball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Philly, you know, boos Santa Claus. I, I, I feel like we're closer to the lower rung as far as intelligence, but towards the upper rung in terms of attitude. Yeah, I think a huge majority of Tigers fans are very positive. We have a nostalgic bent towards the team. Um, Very faithful, very loyal to the laundry, reluctant to say harsh things very often. But now there is a slice of the pie who is very vocal and very ornery. But, but I suppose surely there's that in every that. fan. Yeah, base. for sure. I think by and large, we're closer to St. Louis fans than Philadelphia fans to answer the question. Yeah. That's a very interestingly framed question. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm sure I'm sure yes, you'll he, crap on that, but I enjoyed it. He he did well. He tried his very best and did all right. <laughs> Chris at ATL Tiger 1974. Chris asks, do you think they need to get another outfielder or do you think they have what they need in-house if Riley Green makes the club out of spring training? I think they're I think they're set with what they have. I mean, it'll be 
I, I genuinely think Riley's going to make the team. So I think it's going to be Riley, oh. uh, Grossman, and Akil Badu. And then you have Victor Reyes, Daz, Derek Hill. Like, none of those three are, are particularly great options, but they're not going to DFA one of those to bring in uh, Jose Arena type in the outfield. Yeah, I I don't know if Green makes the club out of spring training, and I, I bet he doesn't. I bet they wait with him. Uh, what's I mean, other than your your uh, service time manipulation, there's no reason to keep him down there. He has nothing left to, to prove. Well, I'm just going to fight with you a little bit. I, I think they're going to be protective of him, and I wouldn't be surprised if they sign a Mazzara type. Too. There you go. I completely blocked Nomar Mazzara from you. Forgot completely. Forgot that we had him. Completely forgot he existed. Some you know league minimum or a you know maybe a million dollar player who can play you some outfield for a while. I wouldn't Prob- surprise me. Probably be DFA'd about the same time as yeah, our went. Absolutely. <laughs> but they're not spending big money on an outfielder. Uh, you know, maybe a, on a uh, a minor league guy or a flyer with a major league contract that they're not spending big money on, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Colin B at CM Batter asks, the org seems hesitant to develop shortstop talent specifically is there somewhere they need a scout to start scouting that maybe they have overlooked in order to find the type of talent they need to stick at the position uh wow there's a lot to unpack here colin b uh what, what's your take jordan um i don't think that they're hesitant to i think we're just <laughs> we've struggled to yeah and it's, it's not like as... oh we could find an awesome shortstop but I don't know. It's not. They're trying. They're trying. And I'd be lying if I said I knew where they were. I mean, I'm assuming they scout the SEC just based on our our draft um, histories. Yep. But I, I, I don't know. I'm sure I, I would stick with the SEC, Texas, and California high school baseball. I think that would probably be where I'm I'm at. But I, I don't know where we're scouting. Um, We should look in Curacao. Yeah, there you go. You know, True. Middle infielders. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's just let's just cover the entire island. Go to William Stodd. Go to William Stodd. Walk down the street, and everybody who's wearing a glove, who's under sixteen, you know, sign them up. Let's just ask Scope. Surely he knows everyone. There. Yeah. How big can the island be? It's an island. It's an island. Yeah. <laughs> He knows everybody. Michael Litzner at Litzner asks, with 18 games left, only 18 games? Wow. With 18 games left, do you see the Tigers getting to 75 wins? They would have to go. They would have to. Thank you, Michael, for doing the math for us. We really appreciate this. My apologies for cutting you off. They would have to go 7 and 11. Yeah, that that. that seems doable. Honestly, that seems like maybe the most likely outcome. Thank you, Michael. You you walked right into your own answer and you spoon fed it to us, which is appreciate that. That was much helpful. <laughs> Peter the third at Pete underscore I I I the third asks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What is your projected Tigers infield for 2022, and who is your most underrated Hall of Fame player? Ooh. Uh, I'm more qualified to answer the first question, I think, than the last one. Um, so. We're going to have at third base, Candelario. Given. Shortstop, we're going to have, of course, Zach Short. <laughs> no, this would be the spot for Correa or free agent. I mean, it screams for a free agent signing. Yes. Yes. Surely it's yes. Correa. It has to be Correa. Yeah. Uh, at second base, we have Scope. Jonathan Scope. And then at first base, we have a combination of Miguel Cabrera and Spencer Torkelson. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Or, if you're going to call him green, you might as well call him Torque. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I do have one uh, damp, what, damp towel? Is, is that the phrase? A wet blanket? Wet blanket. There we go. <laughs> it was the damp towel person. <laughs> I do have a wet blanket for you. I think you are going to see more at-bats in the infield for Harold Castro than you are imagining. So maybe just get used to the idea. Uh, Harold Castro has 200 
major league hits. That's crazy. Okay. It seems it seems like he hasn't done anything, but Harold Castro is just yeah. They don't call him hitting Harold for nothing. Hitting, <laughs> hitting Harold. Yeah, Harold Castro is going to be around. And yeah. no Lynn Henning, Cody Clemens is not the answer. Poor Lynn Henning almost raged on him the other day because he's so eager to get rid of both the Castros and call up Cody Clemens. I'm like, Cody Clemens is not ever going to have a quarter of the professional major league hits that Harold Castro has. Okay, but just, just going Cody forward, Clemens. before you rage on Lynn, please alert me so that I can watch it unfold. <laughs> or Lynn. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm getting flustered just thinking about Lynn Henning. He's fine. He's, he's he's a lot of fun, but wrong a lot, which is which is fun. Jared W at JJ Dub two one five asks, "Do you think there could be a competitive advantage to feeding minor leaguers three big healthy meals and providing housing? Could we have better player development if our guys didn't have to eat fast food?" and work off-season jobs. How about it, Jordan? What about minor league treatment? I think we should probably do the things that that were mentioned. Do sure. you know any any specific people that are working towards trying to make that a reality? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few advocates for minor leaguers. Um, you know, Emily Walden will tweet stuff out that she's written about that. There's, there's a Twitter account you know, minor league problems or something. There's, there is some advocacy going on and occasionally you'll see photos of minor league ballplayers having to sleep in some hotel ballroom or on the bus or something like that. There's the treatment stuff there, but um, you know, largely they're, they're not paid a lot and they're, they have to fend for themselves as far as housing and food and stuff like that. Um, Now, would it be a competitive advantage? I'm I'm less motivated by that. I don't think it would be. I'm more motivated by providing a decent standard of existence. Yeah. And making it easier. Uh, and yeah. just and doing it for the right reasons. Because realist. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these low-level prospects. You know, the the cliche is there. They are there to play catch with the prospects. Mm -hmm. That's a little harsh. Occasionally you have people move up, but um, Zach Short, many, many of these guys are not going to develop into everyday big league players. So let's not let's not get crazy with, oh, yeah, this is the new sabermetric breakthrough is to have a chef in every clubhouse or whatever. Realistically speaking, the ones that are going to make the big leagues are probably compensated enough that it's not really a concern. And we talk a lot about, a lot about salaries, but salaries, but you need to remember a lot of these guys to get the prospects are getting signing bonuses. You know, they may, may have a couple, a couple hundred thousand in a signing bonus for, uh, you know, uh, anywhere in the top 10 uh, millions of dollars for the top guys that's carrying them through and yeah anything after i don't know rounds 15 to 30 or whatever those guys aren't making a lot of money but you don't see a lot of 28 round guys 30 round guys being big league contributors you just don't that's the harsh truth of it yeah we kind of we kind of poo-pooed on your question. So yes, Jared, they should do that, but it's not going to be a huge boon. There you go. Okay. Leland's Long asks, if the Tigers receive bad news on Boyd, what do you think the Tigers will do this winter? Non-tender him? Last arbitration extension while he recoups? Or sign him to a two-year contract around $10 million with a team option for 2024? Gives him 2023 to rejuvenate his value. There's a lot here from Mr. Long. But uh, general thoughts on one Matthew Boyd. I honestly, I hadn't really thought about it until this question was posed. Honestly, yeah. his his third scenario of extending for two years with with a, a club option sounds realistic. I'm not sure if that's what they'll do, but that certainly would be within the realm of possibilities. I think Evan Woodbury is working on. I think he's got an article coming up on um, Boyd options. So take a look for that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know on Boyd. It's tough. You, you need to see what the, what the injury report says yeah. before you can do much of anything, I think. 
Um, who trying to ball at who trying to ball asks, how do you rate your disc golf game? Have you ever had an ace in disc golf? If so, where and what hole? Uh, do you think the Tigers, uh, do you think any Tigers disc? Do do I think any Tigers disc? And who would be the best at it? My bad, that's multiple questions. He, uh, and JD's sports tweets follows up. I don't know it for a fact. I just know Daniel Norris played disc golf. That Boy, there's a lot, a lot of, of sense. A lot of it doesn't it? You living in a van. I can see Eric Haas playing a, playing a little disc golf. Who? Haas? Eric Haas. Yeah. yeah. It's got the it's got the look of it. Do you th- I, I maybe I said this before, but I think Eric Haas looks like the uh, guy from Dude Perfect. And Dude Perfect is into like <laughs> throwing random stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm not wrong. He, he looks exactly like the guy from Dude He Perfect. does. That's a yeah. great call. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a decent novice. I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a decent recreational player. I'm not, I'm not anything special, but any hole in ones. I've had one, two, three, four, five. I just had one last week. Wow. So six, two of those were fairly long. The rest were fairly short, but no, I think I've had, uh, um i've had six aces in my career so just based on sheer numbers here i'm assuming that a disc golf ace is going to be a little bit easier than a regular golf ace it is for sure especially if you play on a lot of short courses if you're if you're playing a lot of holes under 200 feet i mean you you can get them so um so i think that's that answers a lot of a lot of those questions nobody really cares about disc golf but uh, at Chief Broom, uh, Brian Frank Firth asks, what are the teams you're rooting for in the playoffs? Uh, honestly, just somebody to beat the Dodgers. I don't necessarily yeah. care who. I don't have anything against the Dodgers, just they've... Brewers? I don't know. I always like Brewers. The Brewers. Yeah. Rays. Anthony... Yeah. Anthony yeah. Troya asks, do you see Fulmer staying in the pen next year, or does he still try to be a starter? possibly based on necessity, he might have to move back into more of a, at least a longer innings role, if not a starter. Uh, I, I don't think he goes back to being a starter. I, I think with his history of damage and his delivery style, and I think you minimize his innings. And I think the best way to do that is as a reliever. And he's taken to the bullpen really well. Yeah, he can. He feels like he can come out guns blazing. And yeah. if you try to throttle that back down again as a starter, I mean, how's that going to work? Taken to it like like a pig to mud. Is that the is that the phrase? Like a duck to water. There like we go. a like a blanket to wetness, yeah. or a towel to moisture. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Troya, the other Troya brother, asks, "No question. I just think you're a couple of swell fellas." Oh, we got got another one fooled. Thank you, 1950s Fonzie Troya. We really appreciate that, <laughs> fellow. Oh, back that, when we were a kid. True, true. That's that's the questions, Jordan. We we read all right. them all. 100% got in this week. You only promised, like, what, 80? Something like that? Yep. Above average, as usual, for the podcast, The Auto. Nothing but above average. Mm-hmm. What up, fam? This is, of course, your boy Jordan here to tell you about one of my all-time favorites, Moots Pizzeria and Bar. It is the only authentic New York pizzeria in the Motor City and has become a staple in the Detroit pizza scene. You know me. I don't play when it comes to pizza, and this is where it's at. Amongst the best of the best that they have to offer are favorites like Garlic Knots, the Uptown and the Bronx Pizza, Gemelli Pasta, and that Chocolate Lava Cake is hotter than Andrew Romine in April. And they have some killer cocktails and a great beer and wine selection. Stop in with friends for a few pies and grab an authentic slice from the slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit MootsPizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget, they validate two hours of parking in Lot Z. Tell them Jordan and Eric sent you. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at Hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Comeric Eric. And the show is at Podcastianos. I'm at Eric Wayne's brain. You'd think I would change that in, in the sh- in my notes here. Yeah, it's fine. You, just just search for 
dummy on the the little search bar, you'll find. Me. I don't suspect that you'll come up. I don't. I don't think that is actually a recipe for success. Give it a try. Speaking of one of, one of these times, we need to. Uh, I'll go through some of my old show notes because I apparently just never delete anything. I was looking yeah. through here. I had. Does us giving Edwin Edward Mujica a chance in the bullpen signal to other veterans that we are willing to give chances to like there's a lot of what is this from apparently many many years ago wow yeah yeah i'm trying to think uh dick there's a dixon machado question yeah i need to apparently start either deleting some of this stuff or actually uh you know going back through it yeah anyway it's been great talking to you do you have anything else to say to the people for before we get out of here for the week I also do not like the wide receiver screen. You take that step back and throw to the wide receiver. Since a drop it, and then if he doesn't catch it, it's a it's a lateral. It becomes a live ball. Those never seem to work. That is an all time bad play on Madden too. That never works. Never on works. Never works. Stop it with a wide receiver screen. That's all I have for the people. That's all. Okay, that's all. With that being said, we will catch you guys next week and eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.